Welcome to the Core Women Podcast, the place for women entrepreneurs, authors, and self-starters looking to build community and gain valuable insights through expert interviews with women at the top of their game. Join your host, podcaster, producer, expert coach, entrepreneur, and author, Dr. Summer Watson, as she aims to inspire and empower you through these candid conversations. Lean in and embrace the journey. It's time to start the show. Here's your host, Dr. Summer Watson. Today on the show, I would like to welcome Estella Esquidez, who will share her journey of many lives lived, her mission to help others to identify, cultivate, and embrace their superpowers through life coaching and her inspirational talks, and how she describes her own journey being best described in a quote by one of her favorite authors, Ryan Holiday, who said, the obstacle is the way. We have so much to talk about, so let's get right into this and welcome Estella. Hi, good morning. Good excited morning. To be here. Well, I'm excited to have you here. Before we jump into your professional journey, can you describe your life in one word to this point? Ooh, adventurous. <laughs> I've definitely lived a few lives more than I thought I would at this point in my life. Well, I love that word. I love the word adventurous. It elicits so much. So from that, let's talk about those lives that you've lived. Where do you want to begin? Because (laughs) you're the best person to say, okay, we're going to start here. Or, you know, this is how it evolves. So jump right in. I would say uh, just start where, where I am right now, I guess. I do my best to live a very exuberant life. I, I feel like what's most important in what we, what we choose to do every day is live life to the fullest. Our perspective when we get up in the morning is really what determines how we spend our day, our weeks, our months, our years. I think the last 10 years of my life, my entire 30s, I would say, were the biggest changes. They really do say that life doesn't start till you're 30, and <laughs> I've definitely lived that. As you live these multiple lives, there's been such adventure in them and such courage. Let's talk about some of those milestones, those courageous moments, those big shifts in your life. Where did that start? You said that started in your 30s. So let's start your 20s to your 30s. What was going on? Give us a picture of Estella and some of those big life changes. I would say the biggest life change came at age 20 when I found out I was pregnant with my son. Completely changed uh, my life just overnight. My son's father and I, we weren't expecting it. So we really just one day decided, okay, we've got to make changes in our lives and we're going to figure this out and we're going to learn how to raise a child together. And and we did our best, but it came with a lot of bumps in the roads. And eventually by age 29, we both decided that it was time to move away from our hometown. And it was kind of our last chance to make our marriage work and do what we could to keep our family together. So we packed up our... (laughs) big, beautiful home in Fresno, California into a giant U-Haul and we headed south. We got there 4th of July just in time for the fireworks, big, beautiful fireworks over the bay in San Diego. And as dramatic as it might sound, that was kind of the pivotal moment in my life. I remember standing at the top of the hill 
watching these fireworks and I just started crying. It, it was an overwhelming feeling um, to be standing there and watching the entire country celebrate its freedom. And in a way, I felt like I was beginning mine as well. I was beginning of the journey to my own freedom. Let's talk about that freedom. So let's talk about beyond the 4th of July. Then what happened? Within a few months, we, we realized that the marriage was not working and we were we were in a very toxic relationship and unfortunately that toxicity trickled down into our son and we just knew that we did not move away from everything we knew our friends our families our jobs being comfortable basically we didn't make all of this move spend all this money to be sitting in the same position that we were in and our biggest reason for moving was to make sure that our son didn't grow up in the same way that we did. So I packed up everything I could fit into one car and I left my husband and I called my Toyota Highlander home for about four months. I was determined. Uh, I decided that I wasn't going to leave. We made this change. We made a move for a reason. And I was going to establish myself in another city. I was going to provide for my son. I was going to provide for myself. I was going to make a name for myself. And I think that's when the greatest challenges started. Now tell us about some of those challenges, but how you bounce back, how you bounce back even higher. So oh. let's talk about that. You're <laughs> bouncing. <laughs> my, my super ball ability. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah, that's what I like to say. Um, I've learned that the harder, like a super ball, the harder I get thrown into the ground, the higher I bounce up. And that came with intense therapy because I, I had no money. I had to kind of learn on my own. So I decided I was going to start studying psychology on my own. I was going to really question every emotion that I felt. And that's when I started journaling. So I learned um, if I had a negative emotion, I would write down that emotion. And then I would attach lines beneath it. And I would say, well, what triggered this emotion? Why do I feel this way? And then I would notice a lot of times that the emotion that came up didn't actually arise from what was happening directly in front of me. It ended up being something that was in me from years before. And I sort of gave myself therapy in that way where I just went back and kind of discovered, wow, this emotion surfaced from something that happened to me 10 years ago. And then I just went through and started discovering that. And in doing that, I learned that my mentality really wasn't my own. It was something that I had developed in my past, and I was, in a way, still living in that. So I decided, no, I'm going to wake up happy every day, even if I was waking up in the back of my car. And I did a lot of reading. And as you said before, Ryan Holiday is absolutely one of my favorite authors, He's a Stoic and he studies Stoicism. And I love the way that he articulates things and how we really wake up every day deciding how we're going to attack the day. And we decide what happens because the truth is life is going to hit you all kinds of curveballs. And you could either duck, you could be scared or completely avoid them, or you can take a hundred swings, miss every time. But that 101 pitch, you're going to learn. You're going to learn eventually how it comes towards you. Probably not the best analogy, but. <laughs> oh, I love it. I think it's so important that we learn how to bounce back. We learn how to get up and we learn how to identify 
our emotions so that we can not ignore them, but work through them. Your journey really speaks to being able to do that, being able to bounce back and being really reflective. And I love that you said you didn't have a lot of money, but there were still ways that you can work on yourself. And you did. And I absolutely love that because I think a lot of times we look at this and go, oh my gosh, we don't have the help and we don't know where to go or what to do. Just start with you. Start right there where you're at and being reflective and understanding where these feelings are coming from and what's triggered them, what's triggered you and how can you work through them? So that's all such important information and a great reminder for all of us that there are ways that we can work on ourselves every single day to be more joyful in our journeys, in our lives, within ourselves. Let's talk about some of your career moves and what Mm -hmm. happened there. Just for clarity purposes, Estelle and I had an opportunity to speak prior to this interview. And so there is a career move here that made such an impact on you. Let's talk about that and how you got there. I will say that the biggest change came because I wanted more for my son. He was the driving force for everything that I did, even if he or other people don't really know it. (laughs) But that's the truth. I knew that in order to be someone that he could depend on, I knew that I had to be in a position where I could provide for him, not only financially, but to be there for him mentally and emotionally in a way that I didn't have when I was a child. So in order to get myself out of my car, I worked um, many jobs, uh, waitressing, an entertainer at a, a club downtown, country music. It was a lot of fun. But after doing that for so long and now having an apartment, and I will say I do have a few friends that uh, took me in and helped me out, having that help and having worked through these jobs, one day I decided I hated my job at a restaurant I was working at. I absolutely hated it. I was sitting in the car crying because I did not want to go in. But I wiped those tears away like I did many, many days. And I went inside and I noticed uh, we had a new manager who wasn't trained properly, which is not her fault by any means. And she was sitting at this table full of paperwork and she just looked at me and she was like, I don't know how to do any of this. Can you help me? And I remember thinking to myself, I have two choices. I can help her, which is what I really, really wanted to do. Or I could let her know that she was also worth more. And that's what I did. I said, you know, I can't help you with this because unfortunately the company is not taking care of us the way we need to. And quite honestly, I think you can do better too. And when she told me I had to open and close, that's when I would say, I don't know, my angel, my my inner voice, my conscience. I just heard something in me say, you have to go now. And all I could think was, if I don't leave this position, this place that I am now, this might be as far as I go. And with that, I got up. I finished what was a four-hour shift, and I said, I have to leave. And I walked out the front door, and I never came back. I didn't have a plan but I had a car. So I signed up for Lyft and I spent about a year driving up and down California, really just clearing my mind, making money as I could doing that just to pay the bills until one day a friend called me and he said, I have an opportunity for you and I would like you to meet someone. At the time I was dressed in shorts and covered in sand. 
I was not interview ready as I had not been planning on this, but he insisted that I meet with his friend. So he came to pick me up. And at the time I had met a congressional candidate out of San Diego and he was looking for some help on his campaign. That interview, I guess we would call it, lasted about 20, 30 minutes. And I remember just thinking, these people aren't going to take me seriously. I look like this, you know, I'm politically not aligned with them. But it turned out to be exactly what they needed, what they wanted. Somebody who had an, actually an opposing viewpoint, but was not afraid to say exactly what she thought and felt. I got a phone call the next day and they asked me to join the team. And I was very excited as I was excited to get involved into politics. They picked me up again. We went out to a lunch meeting and we went to visit a venue out in La Jolla. And we were walking around and they were introducing me to people. And finally, uh, the campaign manager turns to me and he says, okay, this is your venue. We need you to put together an immunotherapy symposium. And at the time, immunotherapy was a word I did not know. So <laughs> I said, okay, I, I can do that. I thought, hey, Google has been my friends for the last 10 years. <laughs> I can do this. <laughs> um, so I started asking questions. I said, um, we need a guest list. And what can I do for food? This, that, and the other. He said, I'll give you the guest list, the catering taken care of. This is the gentleman you'll be talking to. And I said, okay, when are we going to do this? He says, Friday. And mind you, it's Tuesday at this point. And I said, okay, uh, Friday, what's the date? And he goes, this Friday. And I just remember, like, I looked at him and I said, Friday, like five days from now, four days from now. And he goes, yeah. And I said to myself, oh, my God, I can't do this. And quickly I was like, well, that's just the worst thing to say to anyone. No, you can do this. So I said, no problem. I went home, called my best friend, and I said, I need your help. I'm calling in all my favors. I have to get this done. So for four days, I did not sleep. I went online. I learned what immunotherapy was, studied it as much as I could. I looked up one of our speakers and the company that they worked for. I learned their backstory. I learned what they were trying to do. I became an expert in four days, specifically on those speakers. The event went off I mean, it was wonderful. We had a few hiccups with more people showing up, but very quickly we were able to bring in more food, more tables. Everyone was happy. I was really excited. I had a friend who was helping run the front door for me. And then I was introduced to the CCO of a company called Immunicom. And we had a really long discussion about his company, what they were looking to do. And he had thought I was a med student at that point, which was very flattering considering I was over 30 and, <laughs> and barely managed to make it out of high school. And I, I said, you know, I got to be honest with you. Uh, I, I don't think I'm really what you're looking for. And when I told him about my background, his eyes just kind of popped out of his head. He was, he goes, how do you know all of this information? And I said, well, to be honest, sir, I haven't slept in four days. <laughs> Apparently, that was exactly what he wanted to hear. So I went for an interview later that week, and he took me around through the lab and through the company. He had one of his colleagues. He said, what is this? Do you know what a centrifuge does? And at the time, I was like, are these people messing with me? Like, yes, we all know what a centrifuge is and a beaker, Erlenmeyer flask. This is all eighth grade, you know? Right. That's what I thought. But apparently, no. And he was like, I think you can do this. 
before I knew it, I was down at a hospital in TJ being trained to be bedside with patients, take down information as they were going through our clinical trials. So I was really just there to take care of the patients and as the nurses processed what we needed and package them up, send them back across the border. It was by far one of the greatest experiences of my life. Another big change because sitting bedside with these cancer patients who were not only our patients, but patients through other clinical trials and therapies through the hospital, it really gave me a different perspective on life. And I had never gone through a roller coaster of emotions in such a short period of time, listening to these people's stories, watching them go through what they were going through and just being there for them. I, I, I really met some of the most amazing people, whether they were the doctors, the scientists, the patients, the family members, I mean, the janitors, the chefs, they're absolutely amazing. And what started off as a six-month contract just to help them get through the clinical trials down in, in TJ ended up turning into almost five years with the company. And what got me the permanent job, which I found out later, was that a lot of the patients had written letters to my company about how much they enjoyed having me there. That was huge, but also, I mean, I remember just bawling my eyes out because I felt like it was them that really changed me. From that point on, I was like, okay, I, I'm going to move into a completely new industry. In the course of, of those four and a half years, I had learned more about human behavior, about immunotherapy, about cancer research, about life in general. I had learned more in those four and a half years than I have ever learned in my entire life. And I think that was kind of the slap in the face that I needed because I'd spent so much of my life, the majority of my life, being told that because I got pregnant at an early age, because I didn't have a college, college degree, because I was a single mother, I was constantly being reminded of the things that I couldn't do because of what I lacked. Mm -hmm. And that company, the CFO, all of the, the people that I worked with, they were the ones that gave me a whole new perspective on life. And I realized I can do anything that I want to do. And let me tell you, that is a dangerous thing. <laughs> when you finally realize that you are the one in complete control of your future and you genuinely believe it, it is a dangerous place for the rest of the world to be in because you're unstoppable. Oh, what a fabulous story of resiliency, courage, enlightenment, reflection. There's so much here. We've only got so much time, but there's so <laughs> much that, that you've already covered. As you went through this journey and you find yourself here today being more enlightened, having the courage, knowing that you're unstoppable. How would you like to continue your journey in the new year? What is the word or phrase that's going to be your guide for the new year? Oh, I want to live an exuberant lifestyle. I want to just find the joy in everything. And I think people think I'm crazy when I say that I find the positive, the happiness, and all of the negative things that I get thrown in life because I no longer see things as obstacles. I see them as opportunities to come at life from a completely different direction. 
I want to continue that. I want to continue to find the difficult parts of life and find ways to turn them into fuel, I guess. And I want to help other people find their superpowers. I want other people who I see every day struggling mentally, like they, they really don't believe they can do it, or they think that they've studied for 20, 30 years, whatever it may be, and this is the only path. I want to show people that part of them that they have hidden for so long that they forgotten about. I want people to find their own joy. <laughs> Absolutely. I love that. There's so much here in your story that exemplifies exactly what you're talking about exactly how you want to help people. And that's what I loved about talking to you. There is an exuberance. There is an unstoppable energy to you. I think, too, part of your journey of working in Tijuana with people who had cancer, I think that gives you insight the way that they confronted a journey in their lives that they weren't expecting, right? They, they were huge in changing that perspective for me because I thought to myself, they are here because they have been told that they have no other alternatives, that there's nothing left for them. And seeing the way that some of these people woke up every day with just smiles on their faces, I, I wish I could tell you some of these stories, you know, but they, they were just so happy and full of life. And they would always talk about the things that they wish that they had done. It was never a conversation of things that they regretted that they did, but rather the things that they regret that they never attempted to do. And that really stuck with me because I, I thought I have so much life left to live and I don't want that to be my story. I don't want that to be my position at the end of life. I want to say that I had tried absolutely everything and there's no such thing as fail. You know, failure is giving up. That's what I think failure is. But as long as you keep going and trying over and over and over again, you are constantly finding ways to do better next time. So the only failure is in giving up. And I've, I've decided that, yeah, I'm not giving up in life. I have so much time left. I have so many things to do. I want to climb every mountain. <laughs> I want to dive into every ocean. And in between there, I want to meet more people that give me joy and inspiration. And I want to tell their stories in the same way that you do, which I think is wonderful. I'm very excited to have met you because I know that's what you do as well. Thank you, Estella. There's just so much here. I would love to hear more of the stories, more of what you learned from those people. And I don't want to say they have cancer that have been diagnosed with cancer because that's not wholly what defines a person. Our journey and how we perceive our journey is going to be what defines us because you're going to choose how you want to define your own journey. And that's what I love about this story. As we come to the close of the interview, my last question is, if you were to leave the listeners with one tip to identify and embrace their superpower or powers, what would it be? I would say the biggest thing for me was someone asked me, if you had all the money to do whatever you wanted to do, what would you do? There are two things that for me was singing and helping people. When I said those things out loud, I realized well, why am I not doing these things that I love with a life so short? Why am I not doing what makes me happy? And I feel like people really need to ask themselves that. What makes you happy? If you could do one thing for the rest of your life and you had all the money in the world to do it, what would you do? And if you're not doing it right now, ask yourself why. If it's a matter of circumstance, 
well, there are a hundred ways to move from that. But yeah, ask yourself why. And I think that we are not taught to do that. Ask yourself what you really want to do in life and then ask yourself why you're not doing it. I love it. Thank you, Estella, for joining me on the Core Women podcast today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. You can follow Estella Esquivel on Instagram and TikTok at Life So Stellar. Thank you for joining us on the Core Women podcast with Dr. Summer Watson. We're so glad you're here and would love to connect more with you. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Core Women and on Twitter at Core Women One. For more about Core Women and Dr. Watson, visit corewomen.com. Want more support and resources for amazing women like you? Great! Join Dr. Watson and Jen Fontanilla at the Life, Love & Money Collective, a core women production that aids in understanding the key traits that might be getting in the way of living a life that you are absolutely passionate about. Connect with Summer and Jen and find out more at thelifeloveandmoney.com.